Good morning, KGF Church. Our scripture reading today comes from Philippians 2, verses 19 to 30. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me, and I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, and so, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honor men like him. Because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help that you could not give me. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Hello, I'm Tristan. I'm 14 and I'm going to share about my intentional Christian life and how I've grown into it in the past few years. It kind of all started about two years ago when I kind of thought of God as a backup plan, kind of a second thought. And then I went into youth and youth was a very big good thing for me because I got to see friends and help people push me in my faith. I got to listen to some sermons. And then I went to DT and a lot of things changed. Devin really helped me push me into a place where I could look at different books and see more things and look deeper into them. And I have noticed that that has really helped me. Um, I really hope this helps me in the future. And speaking of that, I'm going to Costa Rica in a few days and then I will try to live out my faith down there and help people down there just kind of spread the word. Thank you. Well, hello church, Devin here. I get to help out with the youth group here. And that reminds me, if you didn't know, we're actually meeting for youth group on Tuesday nights. So if you have a teen who's looking to get connected, uh, we do meet on 6.30 Tuesday. Reach out to me, send me an email, contact the head office, and we'll get you plugged in. Today, uh, discussion question, we'll start out with that. Who models Christ-like character in your life? For those history buffs out there, you might remember a man named Sitting Bull. Sitting Bull was the renowned chief of the Lakota Indians in the late 1800s. And in 1877, he led his band out from their homeland of Montana into Canada, where a journalist came and interviewed him. This journalist visited them and said, Sitting Bull, I've heard that you are a great chief. But to the journalist's surprise, Sitting Bull denied the claim and said, I'm not a chief. So 
the journalist inquired more of this response. He said, well, I saw today that all your warriors around you clapped their hands and cried out when you spoke. They liked you. They seemed to think what you said was right for them to say. If you're not a great chief, then why do these men think so much of you? Sitting Bull responded to his inquirer, saying, your people look up to men because they are rich, because they have much land, many lodges, many squaws. And the journalist responded, yes, that's true. So Sitting Bull said, Sitting Bull said well, I suppose my people look up to me because I am poor. That is the difference. Sitting Bull and his men understood what true leadership is. It's this service, this humility, the pouring out of oneself for the sake of others. What are the characteristics of those we elevate? What are the quality, qualities of those we want to follow and be like? This is what we're going to discuss today as we continue our, our series in Philippians on Be the Church. But first, kids, I have a task for you to do. I want you guys to draw a picture of your favorite hero. This could be a fictional superhero, or this could be you know, a hero that you actually know in real life. Draw a picture of this person, and then what I want you to do is write one quality of what makes them super, or what makes them a hero. What character trait makes them heroic? So good luck with that. Send those pictures in when you're done. So, Sitting Bull recognized all the way back in 1877 that we often, that people will often elevate in honor the wrong characteristics. We often honor the materialistic, shallow things in people. And our culture hasn't changed since 1877 in that way. We continue to elevate the celebrity. We elevate the large, grand, eccentric individuals who really flaunt promiscuity and backward morals and self-centered thinking. We even often elevate and honor young, talented people even as their lives are imploding with their great fame. We elevate and honor the wrong things in our culture. We can do this in our Christian culture as well. We can create celebrities out of hip pastors and you know, talented speakers and dynamic worship leaders. We elevate talented people on stages and we, we prop people up on these high platforms and then we're surprised when they fall. It's easy to ignore character when people are telling us the things that we want to hear or providing us the results that we want to see. Ego is a marketable thing, but humility is tough to sell. But for Jesus followers, it must be different. The ones we elevate, the ones we honor, the ones we emulate must have the same attitude as Christ. We see in Philippians 2, as we've been going through that these past few weeks, that Christ Jesus is the ultimate way of life. 
that we are to imitate his actions, his life, how he lived. And this was a life of humble service and unity and love. And we see that in Philippians 2, remember verses 6 to 11, we get that beautiful poem of, of Christ's humility, that Christ would humble himself in obedience to the Father and in service for sinners. And then because Jesus humbled himself, God elevates him. He honors him and he puts him up above heaven and earth, a name above every other name. This picture of Christ is, is a beautiful picture. It's some of the best words penned. But it's not just meant to be wondered at. It's an invitation for us to follow. We are being invited as Jesus followers to live the same as humble servants. And this leads us in today's passage, um, what was read earlier, Philippians 2, 19 to 30. In this passage, we, we saw how Paul shares two stories, one of Timothy and one of Epaphroditus. And these stories serve to give us some historical and um, background to people in the Philippian church. What was happening? What were the stories back then? But they also serve as examples of people imitating and living out the way of Christ in their communities. These two stories follow up with that invitation to live with the same attitude as Christ. So Paul chooses these two individuals as an example of how we live out the way of Jesus. And so we, he starts with Paul, right? And what's how these two men, Timothy and Epaphroditus, live out this example is that they do what Philippians 2.4 says, which says, seek the interests of others before your own. Look out for the interests of others. And that's how they lived. We see in verse 20 with Timothy, Paul says, I have, I have no one else like Timothy. He genuinely cares about your welfare. All others care only for themselves and not for, the, for what matters to Christ Jesus. So Timothy had this genuine selfless care for others. And this was something that Paul actually found to be quite rare. He says, Timothy was the only one I've seen with this. And notice what it says. It says that when Timothy looked out for the interests of the Philippian church, he was looking out for the interests of Christ Jesus. They're synonymous. When you look out and serve the needs of others, you're serving the needs of Christ. They're linked. If Paul's recommendation of Timothy here doesn't sell you, you should read Acts 16. In Acts 16, we see Paul wanting to join Paul on his missionary journey, and he's required to be circumcised so that his Jewish critics don't um, find this as a stumbling block. Imagine that being on a church volunteer application form. Next, we get that example of Epaphroditus, right? And we see in verse 25 that Epaphroditus was the messenger of the church for Paul's time of need. See, Epaphroditus, he traveled 700 miles to deliver uh, the church's gift basket to Paul. And this journey was so taxing and so intense that it actually caused Epaphroditus to be incredibly sick. And he almost died from his illness. But Christ spared him, restored him. And Paul commends him. 
Paul commends his service and says that he risked his life for the sake of Christ's work. That's verse 30, even to the point of death. See, delivering a gift may be viewed as a small, menial task. I mean, maybe if it's not a 700-mile trip. But there is no small, menial tasks when you're in the kingdom, in that kingdom perspective. See, when something is done in humble obedience to God, whether it's delivering a gift, supporting a missionary, taking time to pray with someone who's heartbroken, helping someone in need, you know, move their stuff, this can all be the work of Christ. They're also synonymous. The second reason Paul uses Timothy and Epaphroditus as examples of imitating Christ is because they are known by the Philippian church. They're known by the people Paul is writing to. In verse 22, we see that Paul says, but you knew Timothy. You know how he's proved himself. And Epaphroditus, I mean, he was one of the members of the church in Philippi. He was their guy. Who do you know that models Christian character? We need to be paying attention to what God is doing in our community, the community we are a part of. So take 30 seconds and just share the first person that you think of who models Christ-like character that you know. This will just act as a primer for what you'll share after the message. Well, I hope you got some names out there because uh, you'll be sharing afterwards, I hope. So we need to be emulating the lives of people which we know, the lives that we can actually see rather than just, you know, elevating that great Christian celebrity or that your favorite author, your favorite speaker. I mean, I could be inspired by a great Christian author or a really good sermon, but... I can be transformed when I walk with someone who's just chasing after Jesus. I, growing up, I just was really encouraged by Francis Chan. I, his books inspired me, his messages, I connected with them. And so Francis Chan, you know, he taught me a lot about crazy love. But it was, it was my Uncle Jack who modeled crazy love to me. And this is why online church or just attending the service and, and leaving right afterwards, you know, these things can't replace walking with a body of believers. It's awesome that we can tune into a church, you know, 400 miles away. But who is in our life that is modeling Christ's character and service? Who do we see doing that? And who are we modeling it to? I know this is why we're trying to connect in hubs, to, to get in these groups where we're walking in faith together, where we're modeling Christ's service, encouragement, and character with each other so we can walk with, another, with one another. And I know last time I spoke, I, I harped on this last time, but we need to be sharing the stories of God's work in our lives. And I don't mean boasting about good deeds, but sharing how God is leading you transforming you, 
sharing with others the joy and the fruit of your pursuit of God. We see Paul do this throughout all scripture and multiple times in Philippians. You know, we, we, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. He says, pattern your lives after mine and follow in the examples of those who live like this. He says, when I see you, I will help you grow and experience the faith, grow and experience the joy of your faith. He says in Philippians 2, you know, work hard to show the results of your salvation for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. We need to be sharing what Christ is doing, modeling it. We don't just need to teach the principles of faith, but share how we are learning to live a life full of faith. I, I did not understand how to take joy in my faith until I saw it modeled to me. I did not understand Christ-like humility until I saw it in my Father. I did not fully understand Christ-like forgiveness until I saw my mother live like that, forgive like that. I did not fully understand Christ-like love to others until I sat down with Jack every Thursday for dinner. When we open up our faith walk to others, people begin to see the work of God, not in just your life, but maybe for themselves. And I'll just say, this is so important for our teens to see. Our teens need to witness this in our lives. We need to let them in on the stories of God's faithfulness in our life. We need to bring them in on the times that, you know, share the stories of when you had to pray day after day for God's provision or his answer to prayer or his direction. We need to share the stories with them. Maybe share the stories that we once would be ashamed to tell, but because of God's restoration, we'd be ashamed not to tell them these testimonies. Share with them what the conversations are like that you have with God. And then ask them about theirs. I try to do this often with our youth discipleship team. And it can be awkward at times. It can be tough to be vulnerable. But when there's that mutual sharing of God's work and testimony, there's never been a time where the beauty of God's work in someone's life wasn't revealed. And when you see that, it's just a gift. We can't just teach the principles of faith. We must show that we are learning to live a life full of faith. I mean, woe to me if I preached this word at youth group and the teens never saw me live it. Or if I shared a talk about the servanthood of Christ but never served the teens then what have I passed on to them? Jesus speaks very clearly on this um, in Matthew 23. And it relates to these examples of Timothy and Epaphroditus. So if you want to uh, turn there, Matthew 23, we'll look at verses 1 to 5. Then Jesus said to the crowds, verse 1, and to his disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So they have this God-given role to read the words of Moses and interpret them and teach them to the people. So practice and obey whatever they tell you. 
because it's the word of God. It's the word of Moses. But don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to erase the burden. Man, I mean, I read this passage and I just, I say, Lord, keep me so close to you. Lord, help me to stay faithful and walking close to you because I, I don't want to be like that. Lord, keep me close to you because I, I never want to crush someone with relig- religious demands. Lord, just help me to preach your gospel of grace and truth. Jesus goes on to describe that these same teachers, they love to be honored and celebrated and given the high seats of honor in banquets. But then in verse 11, we see the kingdom way. We see this reverse of how our culture teaches, this reverse of what this culture taught. And here's the reverse. Here's the kingdom way. It says this, the greatest among you must be a servant Verse 12, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The way up and it's down. The kingdom way is revealed here and it's also revealed in that poem from Philippians 2. That God who is worthy of all praise and adoration and honor and goodness and celebration Jesus, who's worthy of all that, the creator of this world, takes the humble position of a servant and serves humanity and takes their capital punishment on himself. And so what does God do? God exalts him. He places him in the highest seat of honor above every other name on earth and heaven. Do you know this Jesus? Do you know that there is no depth that Jesus would not stoop to save you, that there is no place that he would not go to find you, that he steps down and pulls you out of the muck of sin and rebellion and pain and pride. This is Jesus. He stoops down to serve and to save. And therefore God has exalted him. This is the greatest news, that there is a God out there who loves you, who created you, that there is a savior who died for you, and that there is a promise of eternal life for all who turn from that muck of sin and believe in Jesus. Do you know him? Back in Philippians 2, verses 19 down to 30, we get that idea. So Paul is commending or exalting Timothy and Epaphroditus because they are living in the way of Jesus. They're taking the humble positions of servants for others. If you were to leave this message and think, oh, wow, awesome. So Timothy and Epaphroditus, they're amazing. Then you've missed the point. These two guys serve as an example of the transformation work of Christ that can happen and was happening in the life of the Philippians. And this can be the work of Christ in our lives. That us, wayward and broken individuals, are transformed so that we live in the way of Jesus in our communities. That's being the church. This, these two examples give us hope that God can do that work in us. He can use us for such service. 
when we see God at work in the lives of those around us, it should give us a framework for where God can be and is working in me, in our own lives. If the teens at youth group can see God at work in my life, then their response should be, okay, if God can work in Devin's life, then there's no doubt that he can use me. Who models Christ-like character in your life? I enjoyed hearing uh, Tristan's video testimony earlier, and I, and I hope you got what he was trying to say, is that when he stepped out into a faith community and truly walked alongside others, it transformed him. It changed him. And it's true. You know, Tristan prayed with and for his friends at youth and at discipleship team. He shared the stories of God's work in his life. He encouraged others and he received encouragement from others. He served alongside them. And he was known in his community. He was known by those people. And therefore, he was able to model what it looks like to be a young guy following Jesus. We need that to be modeled. We need that example. We need to see God at work in the life of young people and middle-aged people and old people and all kinds of people. We need to see him at work in these places. Paul used the examples of Timothy and Epaphroditus to help give the Philippian church an idea of how we can imitate Christ. Because there's that call, imitate Christ. Here's how it's happening. We are called to imitate Christ. So let's share how it's happening. So allow me to share just an example of, of two teens where I saw the life of Christ being modeled. And I could share many more stories than these two teens. So please ask me about it sometime. But um, I, I've been just, I was so deeply encouraged these last few months by Tristan and Levi Erickson's friendship. They're both, they're, they're just 14 years old, but they really modeled, you know, Christian companionship. They pray together, they serve together, they encourage one another in the Lord. They speak the truth of God into each other's lives. So um, for Tristan's last youth night uh, before he moved, um, Jason and I asked him and Levi to share a message on spiritual friendship to our junior high guys uh, life group. And so that night we went out bowling, it was really fun. And then we uh, backed our two pickup trucks together and laid down tailgates and we kind of just all sat around in the bed of these trucks and there Levi and Tristan just shared this message this is what it's looked like for us to be spiritual friends and they just shared out of their life story and then they challenged the young guys to to be a friend who pushes people towards Jesus who encourage others to be that kind of friend to others and it was so amazing after they finished sharing one of the young guys said young guy like 12 he said Thanks for sharing that. That really encouraged me. <laughs> and then another young guy's like, yeah, that was really awesome. And suddenly all these young guys just immediately affirmed and said, we agree with what you're saying and it means something to us. And then afterwards, they just prayed in the back of these trucks. They earnestly prayed for one another. I, it was just so encouraging to be seeing what God was, how he was moving in the, in the back of those trucks. The message of these young guys to these even younger guys was heard and affirmed and received. They opened their lives to one another. They modeled this 
service, this Christ-like character. And then they began to minister to one another. And you know, that's not often that junior high guys begin to minister to another. But how, how could they do that? Because two guys, just two steps ahead of them, modeled it, entered into that space with them. If, if our junior highs can do this, man, we can. Are we? Are we sharing the life of God with one another? Are we sharing the stories? And with whom? You know, I share that story of Tristan Levi because it's simple. I mean, discipleship might not be as complex as of a thing that we make it out to be. But it does require humility. It does require vulnerability. It does require me to be willing to step into the life of someone else. But this is the call as a church that we learn from one another, that we share the stories of God's work in our lives, that we honor and emulate the work God is doing in the people that we know, that we see. So let's pour out our lives in service and love to this next generation, to one another, so they might see and know Christ and see Christ lived in us and through us. This is the invitation. This is what it means to be church. So, for you're with a hub or with your group, if you're just with your family, who models Christ-like character in your life? Describe them. What are they like? Share their story. Be encouraged, friends.